Welcome to Dealmaker Diaries, where you hear directly from the dealmakers who you invest with. M&A, real estate syndication, and more. Strap in for unparalleled advice, wisdom, and insight from some of the world's best business minds with Don Thomas and G1C Group. Welcome everyone to another episode of Dealmaker Diaries. Today we have with us Mr. Dave Walcott. Dave started his career by serving the country as a captain in the Marine Corps. In 2000, he and his wife brought triplets into the world, which inspired him to challenge traditional financial planning advice. Today, Dave is an author, podcast host, and the founder and CEO of Pantheon Investments, and is more passionate than ever about helping entrepreneurs build wealth by passively investing in superior real estate and alternative assets that provide predictable cash flow tax efficiency, and upside potential as a reliable alternative to the volatility of the stock market. So let's give Mr. Dave Walcott a warm welcome to the show. Let's go. So Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Donald, grateful to be here and connect with you and your audience. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, why don't we jump right in and um, why don't you give the audience a little bit about your background and tell us a bit about yourself and how you got up to this point. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was raised in a middle-class family, probably like a lot of listeners out there, and was told that the recipe for success was to go to school, get good grades, then you're going to get a job and life's going to work out. Right. So I kind of followed down that path and I joined uh, the Marine Corps. I did the ROTC program uh, through college, wanted to serve my country. Um, I had a phenomenal experience in the Marines um, and got to learn things that they really just don't teach anywhere else. Things such as leadership, integrity and teamwork. Um, and then when I transitioned from the Marines, I got into uh, the tech sector um, in corporate America. And I'll tell you, Donald, I was just like really uh, frustrated and dismayed, you know, very quickly with a lot of the corporate kind of mentality. And I lost that sense of purpose uh, that I really had with the Marines. Um, and about the same time, my wife and I started raising a family. We had an 18-month-old at the time. And then on October 24th, 2000, we actually had triplets. Wow. So we literally quadrupled the size of our family. <laughs> so the first thing I did, Donald, right, was I went to see my financial planner to figure out how the heck am I going to provide financial security for my family? You know, how is this going to work? You just took the goalposts and moved them a mile down the field. Uh, for my, and so I'm talking to my financial planner and he just like everyone before him kept saying the same thing, you know, just put money in your 401k, you can invest in 529s for the kids for school. And, you know, you'll do 7% over the long haul. And, you know, that's, that's a good return. Right. So the entrepreneur in me became really frustrated with this. And I really wanted to then solve the problem of, you know, how are the ultra wealthy really building wealth? Because I knew it wasn't as a retail investor in the stock market. Um, so for the next 20 years, um, I started investing in alternative assets, got into everything from oil and gas to raw land to multifamily, uh, retail, 
office space, uh, you know, you name it. Um, I also built uh, several businesses, uh, built a tech consulting company that I took full cycle um, and exited. Uh, we built a product company and now Pantheon, which is essentially uh, my book, The Holistic Wealth Strategy, an encapsulation of those 20 years of learning and trying to create basically a strategy that people can use uh, to build uh, what I would call true legacy wealth right? For people who really want to protect and multiply their wealth. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And, and yeah, to, so in your book, can you talk a little bit about more about your book and achieving exponential wealth with the holistic wealth strategy and the five phase approach that, that goes along with that? Can you touch on that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure, you know, you and all your listeners like have probably read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right on this yeah. show. Uh, they've read, you know, a cash flow quadrant, right by Kiyosaki and, you know, some really amazing transformational books there by Robert, uh, but they're very conceptual in nature. Right. So when I read those, when they came out um, around 2000, um, you know, there was no blueprint for building wealth, right? It was like, hey, that's a great idea outside of maybe going to do some single family rentals and 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 building passive income that way. You know, how were you to actually really, you know, create, you know, again, you know, really big wealth. So I like I said, I started on this journey and I started to really build out uh this entire framework and strategy. And it all really starts with creating a vision for yourself. If you don't have a target, you're going to miss every time. But once you get crystal clear on your vision statement with where you want to go, that really lays the foundation to, you know, give you the motivation and fascination to really get to where you want to go further. It's just like getting into a car, you know, when you go do a road trip, the first thing you're going to do is type in your GPS coordinates. Well, sadly, we don't really spend enough time doing that, you know, in this country, uh, planning out your financial future and the vision that you want to have uh, for yourself and for your family. So we see that as really the first step. And then as we move into phase one, it's really all about uh, having the right mindset and having a growth mindset. Um, I'm sure you very often come across, you know, people, whether it's family, friends, colleagues that you talk to them, let's say about a, a commercial real estate, you know, multifamily syndication, let's say, uh, and people, uh, will give you the feedback that this sounds too risky. Um, we don't know the people, right? I mean, uh, my financial planner says it's a bad move, right? All of these different things. So, it really takes a lot of courage in you to have a growth mindset to say, okay, well, that's one perspective. Uh, let me start to learn about this, right? So I can kind of figure this out and see, you know, what makes sense. Um, but a lot of us have, you know, limiting beliefs. Uh, you know, we were told by our employers, our, our family, uh, different friends, you know, for so many years that really get ingrained in us. Um, but we can, when you can start to remove some of those limiting beliefs and barriers that you have, you can start to create really comprehensive goals and habits that support those goals to really kind of get to where you're going. So we find that most people, if they don't have a growth mindset, you know, investing in alternatives and doing things differently, um, it's not for them. 
you know, that they, they should just stay with working with their financial planner. And if you just want to do a 7% return and retire, then, then maybe that's for you. Um, so, so mindset is really, uh, really important, uh, as phase one. And then we move into the second phase, which is also, um, about really increasing your IQ and your IQ in multiple dimensions. So I would call it improving your financial IQ. So really getting smarter and figuring out what types of, you know, alternative investments you can get into, um, and why you might get into some of these uh, different types of things. So again, real estate has a place, uh, oil and gas has a place, right? In a portfolio, um, you know, for instance, we have an oil and gas uh, fund that you can completely offset 100% of your investment against active income, right? So uh, that's pretty powerful, right? If you're a high income earner, but a lot of people don't realize that that option is even available, right? So, so getting smart on some of the options that are there, uh, improving your mindset, like we talked about, um, your relationship IQ, you know, if you, you know, the famous quote from Jim Rohn, right? You're the product of the five people that you spend most of your time with. So are those people really leveling you up to, you know, where you want to be? Uh, or are those people actually pulling you away from your goals? Um, and then we also talk about health IQ because uh, sadly, a lot of people burn their wealth just to save their health in their later years, right? So uh, how can we proactively look at, you know, having a strategy around our health, right? Because we're our greatest asset. So if you're strong in body, you're strong in mind, you're going to be able to accomplish more. You're going to have more vitality, more longevity, uh, you know, through the journey that you take. Um, so again, we have mindset for phase one, um, moving into improving your uh, IQ for phase two. And in phase three, we start to build a team around us, right? So we're going to get a team of like-minded advisors that support you in multiple different domains. And we look at then creating an infrastructure around your wealth. So things such as uh, tax strategy, right? Um, I literally, uh, through the years of running businesses, I spent you know, way too much in taxes. I kept paying more uh, in tax preparation and advice and really got nowhere. And after firing five CPA firms, I finally found the right firm that, you know, had a proactive tax strategy, right? That that really works with you to look at your, you know, your overall goals, where you're trying to go, your current disposition, and really optimizing that. And I've been able to reduce my um taxes by over double digits, right, over the years. So it's been absolutely significant. Uh, we also look at uh, infinite banking uh, is a huge part of that. We're actually licensed and we help clients um, set up infinite banking as part of the structure. I know you're familiar with that, Donald, but uh, it's such a great place. W what it does is, right, it really solves the problem of liquidity. If you're investing in private equity or really, you know, whatever you're doing, it's a great place to put capital that completely compounds tax-free. You give it to your heirs tax-free. Uh, but most of all, you have control over it, right? So it's kind of about having autonomy here uh, to use that capital, whether you want a 12-month reserve fund or it's dry powder for the next real estate deal you're going to do or whatever. But we believe that that's a key uh, component to that. Um, also, um, you know, 
in addition to trying to multiply your wealth, we also want to protect our wealth. And a lot of us, you know, frankly, aren't really educated on what that means. So doing some proper estate planning, asset protection is absolutely paramount uh, as you go through your journey. And then we move into phase four, which is really all about asset repositioning. So a lot of people will say to me at this point in time, they say, uh, Dave, you know, this sounds really interesting, but I don't have capital to invest in that next deal or do that next project, right? I'm, I'm illiquid. Um, so we really look at their current portfolio and we typically find out that the majority of Americans have their play, their capital tied up in two places. It's either locked up and their primary residence uh, is trapped equity, um, or it's in government-sponsored qualified plans like 401ks and IRAs, right? And yeah. the government's telling you when you can access your money, how you can take it out, how much you can take out. But I don't know about you, but I want control over my capital. Right. So I, I literally put together a we we have if if your listeners want, uh, we'll send you a copy. We created a 401k exit calculator. Um, and I went through this process myself about eight years ago. And I said, look, if I can if I can liquidate, uh, let's just take the example of 100K. Right. Let's say if you have 100K in your 401k and you sold it today paid the 10% penalty, 35% taxes, and you have a net investable 55K. If you invested that in, let's say, a multifamily syndication, right? A conservative um, asset, right? That's compounding tax-free. Um, the results on this are staggering, right? Over, a, if you had a, assumed a 20% uh, average annual return, uh, which is very realistic is what we've seen, um, you would have over 2 million by the end of 20 years. And had you kept it in the 401k after taxes and fees, you're at about 250k, right? So this is very, this is very enlightening uh, type of thing. So when you look at um, you know how you want your capital to be deployed, and and again, uh, trying to create that ideal portfolio. We look to reposition certain assets that aren't doing as well into more properly favored assets that support your goal. Um, so that's a real key. Uh, and then the final phase, the fun one, is really building massive passive income. Right. So this is trying to invest in these alternative assets, right, uh, that we believe have uh, what we call the trifecta of investing, which is we're looking for tax efficiency. We're looking for predictable passive income and we're looking for some type of forced appreciation on the back end where we can drive value into the business and investors can realize gains. And as you start to build a portfolio with that, you know, you really see, you know, on a risk adjusted basis, outsized returns. And as you put this entire strategy together, what it does is it actually yields exponential results because you're moving a lot of different things at the same time and you're creating the consistency to do that. All right. Excellent, Dave. Thanks for walking us through that. So let's touch on a few of these um, different alternative assets you talked about. So oil and gas, can you, let's dig a little deeper into that and talk about how that offsets active in, act, active income and what kind of results or ROI you see from investing in this type of asset. 
Yeah, sure, Donald. So, um, yeah, very interesting asset class. It's had its uh, ups and downs, right, in, in different time frames. But, um, you know, at the time of this recording, early 2023, right, um, I mean, let's face it, we're in an energy crisis globally. Um, and we use energy for everything we do, whether it's women's, you know, from women's, you know, makeup, uh, you know, to, to driving, even if you're in an electric car, you're driving over asphalt roads, concrete bridges, um, you know, so the demand is just absolutely huge. But essentially what we're doing is, um, we have kind of a, a unique uh, operating structure uh, with which we're able to provide that trifecta of investing, right? Most oil and gas is typically, you know, like a lot of pension funds are, are looking for the income stream. So you might buy into the oil producing wells and then they're giving you that cash flow, which is great. Uh, but in this case, um, the way we structure it is that you are actually a general partner uh, in the fund. So you can participate and not only the gains, but you can participate in the active losses. Um, so if you are a high income earner, um, you know, it's, it, you know, it, it's a lot of money right in your pocket, right out of the gate as soon as you put that in. Uh, so, so having that uh, offset um, to your active income is really big, and the and that tax basically that that tax incentive has been around since the Reagan era, uh, right? Because having oil and gas is is a strategic reserve for us as a nation. Uh, it supports our GDP, so they have these tax incentives in the in place, um, you know, to be able to take advantage uh, right of those gains. Um, and then the business model is that we go into multiple different wells in multiple different regions. So we have some risk because in the past, oil and gas has been risky where you might just go uh, drill one well, come up dry and investors lose their capital. Well, we have a different strategy where we're drilling in multiple different basins. So we kind of spread out our risk. And then we also target what's called PDP, which is uh, proven developed production. So we know that there's oil underground. It's a matter of just extracting it uh, and really optimizing the flow. And then from there, we're able to, you know, convert that into capital, you know, both on the oil and natural gas side. Um, and then ultimately uh, we will, sell those assets rather than kind of milking them dry because it is a depleting uh you know uh, reserve capacity uh, but what we will do is actually sell those to someone downstream like a larger producer say conoco phillips who wants to expand their footprint uh or a pension fund or something who just wants to buy the income right so that's how we can you know create value and also get uh, a multiple on our investment as well Okay, so your, is your whole time on there about five to seven years before you exit? Uh, three to five years. Three to five uh, years is, is is the projection. Yeah. Okay, and that's pretty interesting. So I know you, you mentioned um, we could actually be structured as general partners in the deal. So I guess that exit we get a return on the exit on the sale as well. 
So that's, I mean, that's yeah, yeah, correct. And, and a lot of people, um, I mean, one concern that people will usually bring up is they don't want the additional liability as a GP in the deal. But uh, what we do to offset that is there's a substantial insurance policy that covers anything, whether it's an environmental accident or, or anything that could go wrong uh, with the wells, um, everyone is covered. And then at some point in the life cycle, uh, of the project, uh, everyone does get converted from a GP to an LP position. Okay, yeah, I mean, and I would I would assume if that's really a concern, I mean, most general partnerships is done through an entity like an LLC, correct? Where you're you're pretty much protected anyway, right? I mean, I know that in correct the syndications we do anyhow. So yeah, that's one other. I you know I always think of it. In terms of layers, right, for asset protection. So yeah. everything is a layer. So if you want to, you know, depending on your risk tolerance, you can just keep adding more and more layers to insulate yourself. Okay. Yeah. And so then, and the next asset you mentioned, which I really, really love, is the um, infinite banking. Um, so yeah, I own an insurance agency myself, and we we do sell life insurance. But most of the people, you know, they focus on term insurance and you mentioned whole but they say oh it's much more expensive but can you go through some of the benefits of why that why it is more expensive and how that's actually yeah to your for, yeah for sure for sure donald so it's really like renting versus owning you know term insurance is is really renting you know life insurance but uh whole life is actually owning it um and as you can see, kind of in part of this strategy, we're always looking for multipliers. So if I if I can deploy $1 and have it do two things or four things at the same time, you know, I'm getting that much more value from it. Um, and it's, it's interesting, right? Because the ultra wealthy have been using this uh, for many, many years. It's not a secret. Um, also family offices, uh, you know, a lot of high net worth kind of use this as part of a foundational step. And one of the reasons why is because, like I said, you're creating that liquidity structure uh, within your own personal economy that allows you to do multiple things. You could use that capital to pay for your kid's college. You could use it to, you know, if you lost your job for a year, you know, there's your, you know, there's your reserves fund uh, or as a dry powder fund for investing into that next deal. Um, as a passive investor myself, all the cash flow that comes in off of my different deals, where do I put it to add more velocity? I actually put it in my infinite banking fund. Right. So that, you know, now I'm making, you know, close to a 6% return on that. It's compounding completely tax free. I'm able to give it to my heirs tax free. It's got asset protection to it. So creditors even can't come after it. And it also creates a tax free income stream, right? When you're in your later years, when you want to create that. So, you know, when I think about all those different things that it can do, um, it's, you know, it's super powerful. And, and we like to think about this, Donald, is almost like if you had a wealth pyramid, right, and you're building out your wealth in your portfolio, um, what would you want on the base level of a pyramid and the, and the top being, you know, speculative type investments and the bottom being, you know, uh, safety of preservation of capital, uh, tax efficiency, right, liquidity, things like that. Um, we believe that this is where that lives, 
right? Infinite banking is a, is a great structure to have, you know, really as a foundation to your portfolio. Yeah, and the, and the amazing thing about it too that I like, I mean, a lot of the deals, like you said, you can use it for deals that you want to do. But not only that, a lot of the people that I know, they actually lend their money out for people looking for capital on their deals. So you're looking at an asset that the lenders don't really want to touch due to the age or whatever. The, maybe a Class C property the lenders may not want it, but a lot of people lend that money out at 12% interest as a hard money lender. Oh, yeah. That's, that's another thing you can do with, with the money in there. So, yeah, it's such, it's such a great asset and tool to use. And what's amazing is the banks, if you look at what most of the banks are doing, they have more money invested in infinite banking than they do actually than they lend out they do yeah, yeah. banks and corporations exactly yeah it's amazing so it's, it's amazing so yeah it's definitely an awesome tool to use and definitely something like you say i mean most people look at term but i think whole life is really the way to go for for 360 degree 360 degree perspective on that i think for sure yeah it's it's also really important to notice that um Infinite banking is really a process, right? So you have to understand the process to be able to get the maximum benefits out of that. And it needs to be properly structured plan. Uh, there's a lot, you know, once I got into the market, there is a lot of confusion out there in terms of what it is. Like if you just picked up, you know, with your current insurance carrier and you called them and tried to say, hey, I want to set up a policy, they're not going to know what you're talking about, yeah. right? So there's... There's very few people out there that you should be able to work with um, that can structure this properly, um, you know, to to really support, you know, your goals and objectives of what you're trying to do. So so uh, that's that's a really key uh, piece before you want to set something up like this. OK. All right. And um, can you touch on taking back control? By exiting your 401k. So like you mentioned, you, you touched on this a bit earlier. So say you did want to. Okay, yeah, I, I've been sold on this. I want to I want to get out of my 401k. It's not going to get me where I want to go in the amount of time that I have left. What's the best way to exit your 401k and say, start a solo solo 401k or something of that sort? Yeah, look, this this takes a lot of courage, right? Um, you know, a lot of people, if you're going to try to make this kind of move, like I made this move, um, like I said, almost 10 years ago now, um, everyone's going to tell you you're crazy, you know, between yeah. your, your employer, your spouse, uh, everyone else. So I just try to look at it much more objectively and make the assumptions that, you know, I thought that were accurate. So when I put it down into paper and then really modeled it, and then I would say that like, look, I mean, your financial planner, the biggest mistake that financial planners are really making is people aren't really talking about taxes at exit. You know, people get their statement and they say, hey, I was up, you know, 15% this year, you know, I was up 12% this year. So it's all, it's all good, right? And I just wanna keep going. But in reality, what you're really looking for is income, you know, in your later years. And I don't know about you, but if you look at the debt, where we are with the debt ceiling, taxes are likely only going to go up in the future. So yeah. I'd rather pay taxes on the seed rather than the harvest, right? And put it into my control, like into something like the infinite banking, you know, where I can have the autonomy to be able to make decisions about my capital allocation. Um, but 
it takes a little bit of planning, you know, to do that. And like I said, we we have a calculator. If any of your listeners are interested in kind of checking that out, we, you know, we can send that. We're not at financial advisors. I'm not a CPA. I'll put that disclaimer out there. Um, but what we're trying to do is is really just educate people and look at things from an objective standpoint, and you know, model in, like I said, your own, basically your own assumptions, and see what makes sense for you. Yeah, and somebody somebody mentioned that to me a couple of months ago as well. Like with the four hundred one k's, you're you're pouring money there on a consistent basis, and you don't know what the taxes are going to be from twenty, thirty years from now. And, right. But if you, I mean, if you're a wagering person, what would you bet? They're probably going to be more than they are now, right? So exactly, that's something you really want to be taking a look at for sure. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, you know, we talked about that also in your primary residence. Right. Um, the rate of return on equity in your primary residence is zero. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but we're taught that, you know, the Dave Ramsey's out there and Susie Orman's, pay, you know, oh, you want to pay off your debt. Right. That you mm -hmm. want to, you know, you pay that off and everything. Um, but the actually the greater debt that you can have. Uh, you can actually get larger results because I could deploy even at today's rates if I can borrow at six percent and redeploy that into you know oil and gas or multifamily deal and I'm making at least twenty percent on that. Uh, that's still a fourteen percent arbitrage in my book. And in in addition to that, if you add in the tax benefits to it, so. You take out the HELOC on your house, you're going to have additional mortgage interest that you could deduct. Right. Um, you know, and then and then throw that through the entire cycle. It's really a rinse and repeat cycle, but uh but trying to get more efficient with you know your current uh your current asset portfolio is key. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're only focusing on eliminating your debt and not increasing your passive income, is that really the best way forward, right? Because you're still gonna you're still it's still cost to live, you still have taxes, insurance, rent gas clothes if you have kids you have you have that expense so or why are you looking at eliminating your your debt rather than increasing your passive income which exactly. in my opinion is the, is the best strategy all right so repositioning assets for maximum velocity how how is that done and downside protection how do you usually yeah, advise so clients when doing that yeah, so Donald, that 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 really um, really repositioning the assets, kind of those two key areas that we just talked about uh, in terms of you know redeploying capital you might have in a primary residence, also uh, rentals. I know a lot of people that have single family rentals uh, or second homes, and you know they have a goal to try to pay it off, right? Because they're like, hey, I'm just trying to reduce that debt. But again, you've got all of that equity that's sitting in there, not doing anything until you actually sell that, right? So, um, you know, it is good to try to look at actually diversifying some of that so you can, you know, you can put it into some vehicles. And then, like I say, we're our investment thesis is investing in assets that have that tax efficiency, passive income, and some type of upside on the back end. So, and my book, you know, you're getting a multiplier there, right? You that, that's really a three-dimensional investment. But if you've got capital just sitting in even a single family rental, 
uh, it's not doing anything, right? I mean, you know, you're not getting much, maybe you're getting a little bit of depreciation off of that. But if you can take out more leverage, you can actually see bigger returns. But clearly, you want to be prudent about doing that, making sure you can support the debt service to be able to do that, uh, and managing your cash flow at the same time. Okay. And, and Dave, bringing it full circle. So, I mean, you're doing all this with the purpose of I hope creating a vision to achieve freedom of money, purpose, time, and relationship. So how, how does that all incorporate into that strategy, all of what you've talked about? Well, through my journey, Donald, I really realized that, you know, money, money is really just the oxygen we need to breathe and have the experiences that we want. So if you do some deep thinking and really try to understand what it is, what's what's really behind that that's driving you, right? Because we can always make more money, but what is it that we're really looking for? And I think what really ultimately drives a lot of us out there, especially if you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, high performance individual, is you're looking for freedom of purpose to be able to, you know, do what it is that you want to do, whether that's create a business or, you know, start a charitable foundation or or invest full time, you know, whatever that might be for you, but you really want to have that freedom of purpose. You want to have freedom of money, right? To be able to, you know, have an impact and do the things that you want to do. Uh, you also want to have freedom of location, right? To be wherever you are. You're a perfect example of that, you know, splitting time between, you know, Tokyo and Texas, right? Uh, you've got that freedom of location to be able to do that. Um, and also the freedom of uh, relationship like choosing who you want to work with, right? Um, you know, this this type of thing, you know, is a way to create, like we talked about, you know, your product of the five, you know, people that you spend most of your time with, you know, who are those people? Are they inspirational when you're getting to people, you know, spending time with those kind of people? So, so I think that these four freedoms, um, and this was really coined by uh, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach, uh, these four freedoms are really kind of at the base driver, uh, right, of why people are trying to reach really financial freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Dave. Awesome. So, Dave, why don't we um, hop into a lightning round now before I let you um, pop off? So, um, just a quick softball what book or books have greatly influenced your life? Well, certainly my book, The Holistic Wealth Strategy. I <laughs> uh, have to throw that out there. Um, I, you know, I do believe that uh, Cash Flow Quadrant uh, by Kiyosaki was was really revolutionary and very innovative. So, um, you know, and I know that that's you know changed a lot of people's lives because, frankly, you know, there just isn't financial education out there. Right. We we all go to school and, you know, you can become everything from, you know, uh, fly, flying a jet to, you know, operating and being a surgeon or whatever your skill is. But nowhere do they teach you, you know, financial education. Yeah, they don't. So true. OK. And how has a failure or perceived failure actually allowed you a greater success later? Yeah, so I had um, kind of, I guess, you know, a, a tough experience um, in that uh, consulting company I mentioned that I built. Um, we literally had five years of double, triple digit growth. We won the Inc. 5000 uh, like in our fifth year. 
And going into the sixth year, um, we got hit. We had a, we had a bunch of government uh, clients at the time, and they had something called government sequestration that hit, which was basically a freeze on all spending. So we're just rolling off of the end of the year, had like our best year ever, five year progression, um, and just got, you know, significantly saddled with with debt and in a really tough spot uh, because of that just freeze and spending that we couldn't, you know, um, we couldn't really foresee. So the biggest, uh, you know, learning that I had from that was really to not put all of your eggs in one basket. Right. I had put everything and I know you talk to a lot of business owners, but, you know, we're always thinking that, you know, yes, we believe in the business that we're in or whether you're doing M&A and you're acquiring something else and and you just, you know, you so believe in something that you put everything you have into that. Um it, it's very important to not put all of your eggs in one basket. So for instance, had I had uh, an infinite banking you know strategy way back then when that happened, and I would have had capital to you know rely on to help us get through that, right? I would have had some liquidity to do that. Okay, definitely. And Dave, if you could have a billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? Oh, I love that. That's interesting, Billboard. Um, I, I would say, I would say, really, you know, build the life that you want to live. Okay. You know, I think I, I think lifestyle design is so important. That's another great book from uh, Tim Ferriss. You know, talks a lot about, you know, the four hour, uh, the four hour work week, right? And talking about lifestyle design. And you know, part of this for my journey has been really creating that life that I want to live and. You know, spending time with the people I want to, contributing, trying to be able to uh, create impact uh, for people in a way that's meaningful to me. So, yeah, definitely. And actually, I actually stole that that last question from Tim Ferriss. So, yeah, huh, definitely. okay, <laughs> yeah, because I think cool. I mean, yeah, I definitely think a lot of people are probably living the lifestyle that we've been told we should be living, or we've been told is the best way to move forward, rather than the lifestyle that we want and can design ourselves and it's totally, right. totally achievable. Right. So. It's amazing when you actually put pen to paper and do some deep thinking about what it is you really want, you might be surprised that it doesn't even necessarily take money or time or all these things that you, you thought it was so much further away. It's more about just being intentional about how you're living. Right. Yeah. And it, it goes to the point, what you said earlier, like once you start putting it on paper, like when you're taking a trip, you you, you make your map of where, where you're headed. The same thing. If you, Once you start goal mapping, it's much more easier to achieve. So absolutely. 100%. All right. And um, Dave, I'm sure, I'm sure you get deals coming across your desk probably on a daily basis. So, and a lot of requests from different people, including your your four kids um what have you what have you become better at saying no to oh that's a great question um so i try to say no to anything that falls outside of my unique ability so unique ability uh for those of you who haven't heard it um it, there, you can actually take uh this uh, profile test called the colby score um and it's k o l b e dot com and it really measures the conative part of your brain, which is kind of that instinctual wiring of how you have to really do things. 
Um, and then Dan Sullivan had really uh, turned that into the unique ability, uh, which is, you know, if you kind of think about this construct, if, if you make a circle and you draw a circle, Donald, and you put down all of those things that fascinate and motivate you and create the most value, write those down in the middle of the circle and then do a, another circle all around that and put in all of those other things that is just stuff, you know, th other things that you do, right? So the idea is the more that you can focus on activities that are inside of your unique ability, um, not only are you much more successful at them and you double down on those strengths, um, but you also stop doing all those other things that you shouldn't be doing. So for, just this is a quick example, you know, I'm I'm not that great with my hands or doing home projects. Well, this weekend I had a handyman come and and got a whole list of things done and he's standing on a ladder, you know, telling jokes, loving every second of what he's doing cuz he loves it, right? And I would rather be spending time with my family doing things that are more meaningful to me, right? So it is it's all about really focusing on those things that you know, you that you're good at, you can create the most value at, and then building a team uh, or having other people support the other areas. Right. Excellent. Love that. All right, Dave. So before we hop off, if um anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach out and connect? Yeah, sure. So um, really the easiest way, if you're kind of interested in the holistic wealth strategy, I'm happy to give you a free ebook version, which is at our website at pantheoninvest.com forward slash wealth hyphen strategy. Okay. And um, also, if um, do, are you on a podcast right now? Yes, we have a podcast as well called Wealth Strategy Secrets of the Ultra Wealthy. Okay, and I can find that on Spotify, all the, all the iTunes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome, awesome. All right, Dave, thank you so much, guys. We have Dave Walcott, CEO of Pantheon Investments. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thank you, Donald. All right, talk to you soon. There you have it, guys. Another episode of Dealmaker Diaries in the books. If you enjoy and or find value in what we're doing, please do leave us a nice review. It goes a long way in keeping the show moving in the right direction. For you investors, if you're looking for places to put your hard-earned capital to work, head on over to our website, g1cgrp.com, and sign up for our investor list to be informed of the different projects we're raising capital for that will provide you with the cash flow your investments so much deserves.